Validas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. Hello, my name is Oskar Slotosch and I'm your expert in tool qualification and library qualification. And my name is Federica Mora and I am your friendly representative of the audience. In this podcast, we support you in building a safe infrastructure for your software development. It's about safety of tools and libraries that you can achieve by qualification. And today's 10th episode of season two, we'll talk about traceability. What do you mean by traceability? Yeah, traceability is um, the ability uh, to trace things. So, for example, to follow something, it's like a track, uh, track and uh, from an animal where you can trace behind it until you have it. So it's like uh, like a trace where you can follow. Yeah, that's a, that's a definition. Mm-hmm. And, and going a, a little bit more in the context of uh, testing and safety. Yeah, in the in the safety field, it's always the link between something. So, for example, um, when you have a system requirement, some something like my car should um, accelerate from zero to hundred in t- two seconds. So this is a nice high level requirement. But how is this implemented? So then you can trace it down and say, okay, what contributes to this? Okay, we need to have electric engines. We need to have several of them, and we need to. Uh, so it's broken down, but uh, um, and then uh, you might need some software that controls it, and uh, this needs to be tested. And at the end, when you do run some test case, maybe um, that some interrupts are coming within the right uh, time frame. You do not know why to do it. And that's traceability. So you can trace down from the requirement to lower level requirement, uh, to implementation, to test cases, um, and then to the code, of course. Um, so this is all the traceability. So you know why you do it and um, um, uh, also yeah, why you do it. And important is also the impact of changes. So if you now say, well, um, we heard another car was more faster. We want to do it in 1.5 seconds. So then you can, um, well, one, that's really uh, a super speed. Uh, but um, then you can still see, okay, what have we done to do it in two seconds and what can we do better? So uh, if you have a new requirement or a changed requirement, then you can see the impact of changes. That's also a kind of traceability. And um, of course, uh, in the definition of traceability, that's usually also something within the documentation. So of course you can also have traceability in the internet. So that's very easy when you have a link to a link to a link, then it's like uh, also a good traceability. You can see uh, where you're coming from and what was your trace down to the page, let's say for, to your banking account. So there's a trace from Google to your banking account. You enter this then you go there and you go there and then you arrive at your banking account. It's also a form of traceability, so it's linking. And um, yeah, that's the traceability in the documents. You have uh, typically um, when you say, okay, do you describe your requirement? And then you can describe, oh, it's implemented there. And then you point to a module and the module is in another part of the document. So that is typically traceability. When you can trace from one section in the document where you describe something, maybe the requirement, and then another uh, section you describe the test cases, and then you can trace to it. What do you think is the main reason why do we need the traceability? Yeah, 
why do we have traceability? I think the main motivation is um, to be able to understand something. So if you just write some code and say, yes, um, that's necessary to make the system fast or to accelerate, whatever, it's just um, something that may be true, yes, but you need to understand it. You need to be able to trace it. And uh, I think tracing is very important for understanding it. And as uh, you might know, my, my definition of safety is always redundancy. You can have uh, two engines, two brakes in a car, uh, whatever is a redundancy. But in software, the redundancy comes from rethinking and testing. So there are these uh, re forms of redundancies. And to rethink something, you need to document it that the other person has a chance to rethink it. So, for example, if we have a, a calculator that can calculate a plus, minus, uh, times and division, multiplication and division, so and you have uh, a set of 10 test cases to test these four functions. Well, then you, um, how shall you know um, whether um, all four functions have been tested? Well, you can look into the test case and you can see, oh, this test case is 2 plus 3 times 4. Okay, to, uh, uh, well, then it's obviously testing plus and times. And um, then the other time is maybe 2 plus 4 minus 1, that's plus and minus. But uh, you, if this is um, not explicitly specified, if you don't say the plus operation is tested in this test and this is tested in this test, you have to re-engineer. In the case of plus and minus, this is very easy. But in case of complex requirements, that is maybe not possible. And then safety experts might say, well, I don't see where this requirement is implemented. And this is then like a, a deviation, like an uncompliant thing. If you cannot really simply see where the requirements is tested, then it might be tested, but you cannot really verify it. And that is enough for people to say, um, this is a bad document. This is not sufficient. I cannot understand it. So traceability is very important to understand it. And traceability can be achieved with the, uh, with linking um, things and, and um, providing references uh, and those things. But it can also, especially if it's cross-document. So when you have, let's say, your requirement specification and your test specification, and those are two documents. So then you cannot refer from one document and saying, this is a part of section six, and then you click to it. So you have either to explicitly write its part in the in the test specification section six, but if this changes, so well, then it's section seven there. So this is really hard to keep this consistent. And there is a very good uh, trick or well use, uh, which many people use is our identifiers. So you can say my test case has an identifier. It's T17. And then my feature, my requirement has an uh, identifier, which is R5. And then you can say R5 is tested by test case T17. So that is an identifier that has to be unique within your uh, project or uh, process. And if this is unique, then you can easily find it. You can say, ah, oh, test case number 17 is specified here and test case number 17 is implemented there. And if it's called test case 17 or if it's in the header writing, this is the test for specification 17. But this is traceability using IDs which is a very uh, common uh, things and very useful.
And I was wondering, is there some uh, formal documentation of traceability that also allows to trace back, for instance, uh, from uh, implementation to requirements? And uh, do you deliver it uh, at the end of tool qualification? Yeah, so um, uh, um, that's, uh, that's, of course, a very th uh, important thing. We distinguish between unidirectional uh, links and traces. So if you say uh, the feature is uh, described uh, or the test case for this feature is described and then you give a link to it, then it's usually a unidirectional link. But if the test case itself has a link back, this can be realized like a bidirectional link. So you can say, okay, I have bidirectional links. And within our TCA tool, we mostly have bidirectional links. So our architects sometimes complain because it's a bit less efficient uh, than having unidirectional links. Uh, but um, this is very handy to navigate. So if you have in TCA tool um, a feature and a test case, then you can assign the, the test case to the feature and the feature to the test case, vice versa. The, the differences or there it doesn't make a difference if you assign the test case to a feature or the feature to a test case. It's a bidirectional link and um, you can do it in both elements and you can navigate it in both directions. So this is a, a cool thing. And of course, not only in the model where we have a lot of bidirectional links um, uh, in, the, in the documents like a tool qualification plan or um, other documents, um, we have links. So we have two kinds of links. One is a link within sections that we say yes this and this section uh, or in this table it's described so the i would say the word links and we have also the id traceability that uh, when we use id that they are in the documents and by the way tca has a functionality that can automatically generate uh, different forms of ids so you can configure it a bit and you can have longer ids or shorter ids and then you just press generate and then they have uh, you have unique ids over all of your model and this will make traceability very easy in the generated documents. And what about the uh, uh, visual representation of traceability? Can we use uh, some cool uh, graphics or diagrams to visualize traceability? Yeah, sometimes we use uh, graphics diagrams to show the connection. So uh, a tool chain uh, is, uh, is a set of tools that are connected with uh, um, input output relations like artifacts. So you can say uh, for every artifact, this is created from this tool and read by this tool. And by doing this, you get a graph, a graphical representation that you can also visualize. So in our documents, we generate some images that is, uh, describe the tool chain with these graphs and so on. And the same thing for an error. When you have an error that is uh, um, occurring in one use case and be catched in another use case and you have also an error of, an error flow between those two use cases. Oh, nice. And this can be done uh, all with uh, TCA? Yeah, this can be done with TCA. It's even bidirectional traceability. So we have the potential error element and this can be um, linked to two mitigations. So it can be linked either to a check that detects it. So then the error has a property detected by and then you can assign it a a check or it can be avoided by this is another trace it goes uh, back to the restriction and the restriction um, has a potential error which detects so uh, these are the links within tca that we use to generate traceability things and what happens in case we uh, don't have traceability yeah well 
the uh, when if I uh, need a, uh, read a document and it's not traceable, then I can do two things. One is I can give it back to the author and say, well, I cannot understand this document because it's not traceable. So if you don't say me which features is uh, which test case test which features, then I cannot judge whether this is a good assignment or not, because that's part of our of my review or other reviews to to confirm this uh, confirmation review needs to confirm something. And if it's not traceable, you can just give it back. Well, if we give documents back to our customer and say these are bad documents, um, they get angry and they don't hire us anymore. So we are also able, and that's the second possibility, we are also able to infer something. So we can read the document, understand it and say, ah, that's why you tested here and that's why you tested there. And then we can say it's good, I have understood it, but please add the link that other reviewers won't complain. So that's a much better feedback if you uh, if you are able to if you succeed in understanding a document with poor traceability, then you are really a good reviewer and then you can uh, make your customer happy and say, well, please make it easy to other reviewers and just give the link. So that's a, a minor thing. Mm -hmm. And you can also be more concrete and say, you can say to feature A, um, please link it to test case 13 because uh, it belongs to it. And that is uh, much more helpful than if you just say, well, it's not traceable. Is it traceability required by safety standards? as for instance, uh, ISO 26262? Yeah, of course, um, the, the whole compliance argumentation. So um, there are many traceabilities. One is on the process level and one is on the product level. And on the product level, on the process level, where you do your safety planning, um, you have the requirements from ISO 26262. How many tools? <laughs> ISO 26262. 26262 is better to say. Um, and there you can trace um, on the requirements level. So you can say my main requirement is to be compliant with part 811 tool qualification or part 812 library qualification or qualification of software components. So you can have these main requirements and then you of course uh, say, well, this part 811 is divided into four sub requirements. So, um, 8.11.4, 8.11.5 and 8.11.6 or whatever. And these are some subsections and you, of course, uh, it's very easy to trace from uh, 8.11 down to 8.11.4 and then 8.11.4.1, 8.11.4.2, that's almost obvious. So you don't need the traceability for these hierarchic things. But of course, if you want to be compliant with 8.11, uh, you need to be compliant with all sub elements and strictly speaking, you also have a traceability there. But much more important is then the traceability from the from the requirements to the process. So you can say, okay, um, we are doing uh, we're building a qualification kit and we are modeling the version number using the identification element. And by doing this, uh, we can uh, we say, okay, there is a requirement. You should identify your tools, and we do this by modeling the tool version in this number. So this is also a traceability that links the process to the uh, to the requirements from the ISO and we as you know we do a triple traceability um, we trace every requirement to a process we trace every requirement to a verification to a criterion to a question that can be used to verify whether the process was performed correctly and the third one is we trace every requirement from ISO uh, down to a document where it's documented and this is a very good starting base if somebody wants to see whether we are compliant we can just give him a compliance report and say 
pick an arbitrary requirement and you'll find the explanation uh, uh, why we are compliant and how we do this and how we verify this and where it's documented. And well, then they pick a requirement, they read it, they confirm it, they pick another one and then they, they say, well, that's obviously uh, something uh, well done. So that is the traceability on the process level. Of course, we have also product traceability on the product level where we build the uh, uh, specifications for the tools and libraries. So the specifications are uh, hierarchically structured, of course, also, but then they they have uh, the, the risks associated, so the potential errors and the risks associated, and as well as the specification itself, also the risks trace then to other elements. And that is the product tracing, which is modeled in the TCA tool. The process tracing is modeled in the PMT tool, the product tracing is modeled in TCA tool. So we have a lot of traceability in ISO 262 requirements on the process side and on the product side to be compliant. And I was wondering, uh, TCA seems a very nice tool to guarantee traceability, I guess, during the testing phase. Um, can it be used also during the development phase? Yeah. Well, we can use TCA as W, um, TCA for software specifications um, that we use to specify small software libraries that uh, people develop. So it's not only to qualify pre-existing and unchanged libraries, we can also qualify or then make compliant, verify um, really developed software. And uh, then, for example, write the specification from the software into the uh, feature tree and des describe the architecture of the software with the hierarchy in the feature tree and different kinds. So that's something, uh, well, where we can also use it in development, not only in um, qualification. Another example is, is um, requirements-based testing. So this is something which is highly recommended. And since last episode, you know what this means. Highly recommended uh, for all um, uh, for all safety levels, so ASL A, B, C, and D, all have to do requirements-based testing. And for doing requirements-based testing, it's not that you think about requirements and that when you write your test cases, that's natural, but requirements-based testing is also a traceability between the requirements and the testers. Okay. And so in this case, you would build a test case for each requirement or how it works? Yeah, so yeah, this is called requirements coverage. So if um, traceability can then be used to verify that all requirements are covered by test cases. So that is a very easy form of, uh, uh, of testing. Say, okay, we're testing requirements coverage. And otherwise, uh, what else could you do other than requirements-based testing? Yeah, you could, for example, um, that is a, also a black box way of testing. You could also do white box testing. You can say, we are testing code based, so we can use the source code and we can achieve 100% source code coverage. But that's very dangerous because if you uh, usually uh, you can find a test case for every kind, for every software, even for the buggy one, you can if you look uh, to a to a program that computes uh, a wrong function, then you can find uh, an input to test it and you can find an output, a wrong output. And then you have a, a successful test for the wrong function. So if you only do code-based testing, that is uh, a bad idea. And, and that's why all requirements, all safety standards require requirements-based testing. And in addition, you should measure the code coverage 
of your requirements-based tests. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. You cannot say we don't have requirements, one or two maybe, and then create one or two test cases and then fill up the remaining source code with some generated tests. That is something you should never do. So you really should start requirements-based testing with the traceability and then measure code coverage. And well, in case you have a code coverage gap with requirements-based testing, then uh, obviously some requirements were not uh, either precisely defined or um, not uh, uh, not correctly tested, not completely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so do you have a last uh, traceability story that you want to share with us before to conclude? Yeah. So um, when we delivered uh, our first safety case for a software um, library that has been developed and uh, qualified from us, um, the safety case, then we delivered to the TIFF, we delivered 48 documents. And say well this is a requirement specification and this is a requirements verification report and, and all the things and tool qualification report and tool classification all documents that were required from ISO 262 we generated out of the model and we delivered 48 documents to the TÜV and guess what the TÜV says well that's cool but two things can you deliver us an overview document and can you add IDs to the documents that we can trace it so they want to have an overview over all our document documents. So something like a documentation management plan, which we of course had, but just an overview over the safety case. And they wanted to have IDs uh, that they can better uh, exactly say, which document is it? Because sometimes the document is named differently um, in a process. So we call, for example, we have a tool classification report, but in ISO 262, this is called tool criteria evaluation report and we at validators call it as most other safety standards do tool classification report and therefore it's good to have ids and we say okay the id for our tool classification report is did for document id and then underscore tcr and when we speak about the tool criteria evaluation report we can put in bracket did tcr so these are document ids that we use and by adding this document and the document IDs, TÜV was very happy and now we have a safety case consisting of 49 documents and uh, document IDs. I think we are done for today. So um, to summarize, uh, we have learned about the traceability uh, that is used to understand documents and to trace from sources to targets so from requirements to tests or from uh, safety requirements to compliance and processes and we have learned about requirements based testing and document ids so thank you very much for listening and talk to you soon thanks for listening and remember that you can always contact us at validas at podcast.de that's it for today Thank you for listening and don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.